Welcome to the Real Film Nerds Podcast. Welcome everyone back to another incredible, exciting, amazing, maybe amazing, I don't know, episode of the Real Film Nerds Podcast. I'm your host, Mr. Matt Hinshaw. You can follow me anywhere on the social medias at Hinshaw Photo, that is H-I-N-S-H-A-W. With me, no one. It is just me, all by myself. Mr. Mysterious Mike is out being talented elsewhere. He's just busy. And so uh, I decided, you know, I might as well uh, record something. And I had the weekend off from my other works, possibly because it was Easter weekend. I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. Who knows? So I got to uh, install a toilet. I worked on a computer. I'm retro retrofitting for my pops with a solid state hard drive. And uh, I watched a few movies. And one in particular is on the old Netflix. I've been wanting to see it for a while. I had mixed feelings about it when it came out in the theaters back in 2012. I wasn't sure if I wanted to see it or not. It's a very polarizing film. It has an extremely star-studded cast. But uh, I said, you know what? I got three hours to kill. Maybe um, I'll sit down and I will finally watch this movie. So today I am doing my own loathsome solo cast legacy cast of the three hour long movie cloud atlas cloud atlas is directed by tom tykwer and the wachowskis i'm not going to say brothers or sisters or whatever i'm just going to say the wachowskis it is written by david mitchell the two wachowskis and Tom Tykwer. It stars everybody and their mom. It has just star-studded cast. I mean, I'll start at the top and work my way down. I, I won't get to all of them, but I'll do quite a few. We got uh, Mr. Tom Hanks, always incredible. The amazing Halle Berry, amazing. She's always good. Uh, Jim Broadbent, I mean, just fantastic actor in his own right. Hugo Waving. One of the best modern-day villain actors, for sure. Uh, Jim Sturgis, Do Not Buy, I believe is how you pronounce it. It might be Bay. I'm not sure. Ben Wishaw, Keith David. I mean, everybody knows Keith David. You probably don't recognize the name, but the instant you saw his face, you'd recognize him. James Darcy, Zun Shu, David Gaiasi, Susan Sarandon, Hugh Grant, and Robert Feist, Fife, just to name a few. Whew, that's a that's a hell of a cast right there. I mean, wow, just amazing. All right, here's the uh, rundown for good old fashioned Cloud Atlas from 2012, directed by the Wachowskis, and it is not a Matrix movie. Surprise, surprise. An exploration of how the actions of individual lives impact one another in the past present and future as one soul is shaped from a killer into a hero 
and an act of kindness ripples across centuries to inspire a revolution. One thing I forgot to do, and I will go ahead and ask myself, so Matt, what are you drinking today? (sighs) Well, Matt, thanks for asking. I'm drinking a Mexican beer that I am quite fond of. I've had it many times. But uh, I guess it went through a name change, maybe? I'm not 100% sure. That is the good old-fashioned Cerveza Modelo Negra. Or, in the Mexican restaurants that I worked, we always called it Negro Modelo. It is uh, actually brewed and bottled in Mexico, imported uh, by some Chicago company. Uh, Crown Imports of Chicago, Illinois. Shout out. Go D-backs over the Cubs. That's for you, Mr. Stockmar. It says it is a Munich Dunkel Lager, and it is 5.4% alcohol, and it is available year-round. I think it's a pretty good beer. It's not uh, one of the best beers I've ever had, but it's definitely not one of the worst. As far as Mexican beers go, I think it's one of the higher-shelf Mexican beers for sure. I'd put it up there next to the uh, Dos Equis Amber. Ah, delicious. Anyways, on to the review about Cloud Atlas. Just to see how many times I can say Cloud Atlas, Cloud Atlas, Cloud Atlas. I will get it right eventually with the Cloud Atlas. So, I don't know uh, how many of you out there have actually sat down and watched this movie. It is long. It is real long. It feels long a little bit to me. Um, It is confusing as heck because it is literally six movies in one. There's six different stories with just about the exact same actors in every single one. And they constantly cut and jump to the next one. They do a little bit of narration and a little bit of uh, introduction in the beginning. Uh, Tom Hanks's one of Tom Hanks's characters does, and that helps, but it doesn't help a whole lot. Um, this movie, either you're gonna love it or you're gonna hate it. I am. Uh, I'm not gonna say I love it or I hate it. It was okay. Um, it's gorgeous. It's beautifully shot. It's extremely well acted. Of the six stories that is throughout the film, there's probably three, maybe four that I really, really liked that I think could be solo movies in their own right instead of clumped together with all the other ones. It wasn't bad, but it's extremely confusing. It's not one of those movies where you can get up and go to the bathroom and come back and miss five minutes of it and know it, what's going on. Because they even have scenes in it where like they'll cut from one story to the other for literally like a minute, minute and a half maybe. And then they'll cut back to another one. So you get up and go to the bathroom, you're going to miss an entire scene of one of the six stories, which it's unique. It's very cool. It's, I enjoy it, but it's, it could be rough for the viewers. Another issue that I did have 
was one of the stories takes place in the distant future and the characters are speaking a weird gibberish English. Luckily, I did not see this in the theaters and I was able to pop the closed captions on. Uh, I don't know how many of you do that. I do that every now and then with shows and movies and things that I watch at home. I mean, it has to be at home. I'll put the closed captioning on just so that I can make sure I'm picking up every single word and sentence and how it's intended to be. And I have to say this movie, having the closed captions on helped a lot. But this weird gibberish English language is still kind of hard to interpret. I don't know. Closed captioning, it helps sometimes. Sometimes it doesn't. This is one of those times where I think it really, really, really did help. So, all right. I am just going to jump into it uh, because I want to kind of spoil it. I want to start talking about the individual stories. So, you know what, uh, Matt? Yes, Matt. How does Cloud Atlas relate to the Marvel Cinematic Universe? Well, Matt, thanks for asking. That's a great question. This is probably one of the easiest Marvel Cinematic Universe, you know, related films because the cast is just star-studded. I mean, I didn't go very far down in the uh, cast to be able to pick this one out. And that is uh, Hugo Weaving. You know him from uh, The Matrix and Mortal Engines and a bunch of movies. He almost always plays the villain. Uh, I hate to say he's being typecast, but he is. And Hugo Weaving did an excellent, excellent job as the Red Skull in 2011's Captain America, the first Avenger. Now, interesting, he did not reprise his role as the Red Skull in Avengers Infinity War. That was someone else. He looked and spoke a lot like Hugo Weaving, thanks to the makeup, but it was not Hugo Weaving. And I'm spacing on the name who it was, and I don't want to make noise on my keyboard because I have a very loud keyboard and I like it. So... Anywho, all right, well, um, for those of you who want to see Cloud Atlas, might as well cut it off right about now, because I'm going to go ahead and uh, get the old uh, spoilers. One issue that I did have with this movie is I don't know if it was a good or if it was a bad choice. You know, I'm going to go with bad, in my opinion, to have the same actors playing different roles in each one of the different stories because they have to, they do some weird things with the actors, specifically the makeup. Like they have, uh, some of the white actors heavily, heavily added makeup to make them look Asian in one of the, uh, future stories that God, I, that was one of my favorite stories. I thought that was just really neat, really fun. It takes place in uh, Seoul, Korea, and I don't remember the year, but it was very like Blade Runner-esque, very sci-fi. Um, it had lots of interesting questions it was asking about uh, AI and technology and interactions, and oh man, that story alone could have been its own movie, and I would have gone to watch it. It would have been cool. But anyways, that's not the only example. They 
do that. Like they make Halle Berry like a white dude in one of the stories. Like not only a white person, but also change the gender. I mean, I know what they're trying to say with the story by doing this, but I just, you can still say the same thing, but you don't have to have the same actors playing the same roles in every single one of the stories. I understand that's kind of one of the things they did, but man, I, I can't even imagine how long it took to shoot this freaking movie. It must have taken forever. Anyways, that's one of my one of my big, big complaints is the makeup was just uh is sometimes it works really well. Sometimes it looks really good. Um specifically when they change Tom Hank throughout it's extremely believable and some of them when they do do a race change or a gender change you don't really notice it on some of them not all of them like uh one of the roles and it was one of my other favorite stories it uh mostly stars in that particular story uh jim broadbent of he gets put in (laughs) a retirement home by his brother because he owes his brother all this money and he's asking for more. And they have to try and devise a plan with other residents there to escape. And I just loved it. I thought it was so genius and fun and interesting and witty and serious all at the same time. Well, Hugo Weaving in that story plays an aggressive, brutish, female nurse and nothing against Hugo weaving at all. I mean, I myself would be a horrible looking woman, but Hugo weaving is not believable at all as a woman, not at all. It just, wow. No, (laughs) no. So anyways, there's, it's, it's a fascinating movie. It's a interesting way to tell a story. They did a very cool job. Um, it's also based on a book. Uh, I kind of want to read the book now, but, you know, I don't have time as it is. Uh, the book was written by uh, David Mitchell. I did not read the book before. I kind of want to read it now just to see it, how it relates. But it's just, it's interesting, but it doesn't work in a lot of places. So it's nice to see a movie maker take a risk. I mean, movie makers, there's three directors. But I three hours, man, three hours is brutal. You know, I started this on, was it Saturday? Probably early morning. Uh, no, I think it might have been night. I don't remember. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. I started it and I watched about an hour, hour and a half of it. And then I got up and I made dinner and... Then I sat back down and I started watching more of it. And then uh, I went to bed and I had like maybe a half hour, 45 minutes left. And the next day I woke up and I watched the rest of it. And I think that was a good way to approach this movie was to go and kind of break it up because it seriously is a lot. It's a lot to digest. It's very dialogue heavy. It's what I like to call a thinking man's movie especially because it jumps around all over the place. It's not as much of a uh, thinking man. It's like, say, uh, some of my favorites out there, like Donnie Darko and you know movies of that nature where they're very mind-bending. Um, this does do a level of that. Uh, 
but it's not uh, as hardcore. It's just it jumps around like between the stories constantly and it never relents. You know, you, you get maybe a little bit where they're in one story for maybe 10 or 15 minutes. And then towards the end, they definitely start getting farther along or when uh, uh, major characters die, uh, the story definitely gets shortened quickly there, which helps. I know that sounds messed up, but it helps. But do I recommend you go see this? You know, if you have three hours to kill, go for it. If you have an hour a day to kill for three days, go for it. I don't think you're going to be disappointed. I don't think it's was worth the money they put into it because they spent a lot of money at this and it didn't do well at the box office. That might be a level of it being the cast. I mean, it's an incredible cast. Incredible, as I have pointed out multiple times now. But if they would have gotten maybe just three of the stories, maybe four, cut like a half hour out of this movie, hell, if they could even cut it down a whole hour, down to two hours, I think the audience would have accepted it a lot more. I believe the critics either love it or hate it. I don't know so much about audience members. I haven't talked to a lot of people about this movie. And like I said, I just, I've been wanting to watch it for a while and I just committed to sitting down and watching it. So, um, yeah, I I don't know how much more I can add about it. Uh, this is where Mike greatly helps, but you know, he's busy. I understand life gets in the way. So anyways, uh, Patrick, I know you're going to yell at me at the next Rattlers game about this, but I don't care. I'm going to do it anyways. I consider it a little bit above average. I give uh, Cloud Atlas three and a half reels out of five. It's not incredible, but it's not bad. Um, Go check it out. You might like it. All right. Well, I guess that'll do it for me today. Uh, I hope you enjoyed the solo cast by myself talking about Cloud Atlas on Netflix. If you want to go watch it. We are not sponsored by Netflix, but if they want to throw money our way, that would be awesome. I I would like that. I think Mike would like that too. Hopefully we will have a podcast on Thursday about uh, Fight Club, one of uh, Mike and Mai's favorite, favorite movies. Oh, speaking about Thursday, don't forget the conclusion to Infinity War or maybe the conclusion of Infinity War comes out Thursday. Avengers Endgame. I personally am not planning on seeing it opening night because I know it's going to be a madhouse. And I, as most of you that listen to the show know, I've been having real issues going to the theater with other patrons. So I'm going to hold out. I'm going to try and go like maybe Sunday or Monday when the theater's a little bit more subdued. There's not as many people there. But we are planning on reviewing that hopefully next week. So thanks, everybody, for listening. Don't forget to follow us on the social medias. I post a little bit. I don't post all the time. I definitely post when we have a pot out. But uh, at Real Film Nerds, basically everywhere. We're on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Do me a favor. Tell your friends. Tell your family. If you like this podcast, if you like hearing about movies, Tell them about it. Be like, hey, take a listen. You might like it. Because that's honestly how we grow. I don't want to pay for advertising. I really can't. 
So your word of mouth is uh, how we get more listeners. And believe it or not, we have been growing. I mean, not a lot, but uh, we have almost 4,000 listens since we started this pod, which is now a little over a year, a couple months over a year now. And we're averaging, this is making me feel real good, we're averaging 100 downloads a week. That's pretty solid. I would like to get to the point where we get 100 downloads per episode every week, so that would be 200 downloads a week. But, hey, you know, we're growing. 100 downloads a week is pretty good. So, thanks everybody for listening, and uh, I will chat at you, hopefully, with Mr. Mike Talent this coming Thursday with Fight Club. Thank you for listening to The Real Film Nerds. Now, don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Real Film Nerds. Now, go out and catch a movie.